Boom. All right. Uh, welcome to the episode uh, 21 of Take It Easy. 21. Uh, today we've got an interview with Chris. Chris works for uh, an OEM, has been involved uh, in uh, designing and manufacturing of cars for quite a long time. So uh, we just uh, we just thought we had a we'd have a um, an informal chat about you know how these things are actually done from perspective on another um, OEM. Thing is, most people when they talk about uh, car manufacturing these days, especially around EVs, we listen to uh, His Holiness uh, Elon Musk. But it's nice to talk to other people who've been in the industry for a very long time and get a different perspective. But uh, before I get on with it, a uh, couple of little announcements. So we've surpassed the uh, the 20 episodes, which is amazing. Uh, today's episode is actually going to be divided into two uh, separate episodes because we've just been talking for so long. Um, of other cool things, uh, I've recently started uh, an online merchandise store. Um, this is like a experiment. I had some people asking me about my mugs and my t-shirts and hoodies that I've been wearing for a while that I've made just for myself with the podcast logo. But if you... Um, if you're interested in, in acquiring one, uh, head over to uh, a place called Teespring. There's going to be a link in the description. And uh, search for Take It EV. Uh, and, you know, see what you see what, if you like it. Uh, I'm open for feedback. This might be just a temporary thing. Um, so grab it before it goes, really. Um, I don't know if it's going to work out or if I'm going to change it, move it somewhere else. I'm just, uh, this is, you know, this is a thing that I've, I haven't tried before, so but I hope you like it. Uh, and now, without uh, further ado, let's turn over to uh, to Chris. A, don't talk about Tesla too much, because I just hate everyone's talking about Tesla. I just I was hating that. Oh, they're, they're, they're interesting. I'm hoping that we can talk about, or you can explain to people how the whole thing works, how the how the how a car comes about, you know, what what goes into uh, into it. Because from the EV owner, owner's perspective, people seem to only kind of listen about these stories and and um, and been told how it happens from the sort of back uh, from the, the from the you know the the other perspective. Um, when it comes to Tesla, because obviously Elon Musk talks a lot about it, and he's very open in his presentations. But no other. Yeah, he, he 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 is and he isn't. He with 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 Tesla, it's it's really really interesting, and you see it with people like Rival and Rivian and these other the startups. But Tesla. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to when you watch what he's saying on like the, when we like watch the the battery day, and when you're watching anything, trying to work out what is um, what is real, what is genuine innovation, and what is the sales pitch, and he's very 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 good at mingling those two things and putting a little bit of information out there and then selling it and it's like, wow that's amazing so the, the the battery day for example with his uh you know, you know tabless design cells they said wow amazing 50 percent more more um, energy capacity you know energy density all these things but actually when you look at it and what he's actually done all he's done on that battery cell it's still a rolled donut cell you know when there's a jelly roll cell where they they roll up the the, the cell but what they've done is just left the tabs at the top cut them and folded them in which is great and it's it's great for cooling it means you're not having to weld it because it's already already in there it's a nice little innovation what it isn't is 50 percent improvement but 
that you know gets all the interest that generates you know his stock investors are happy all of these things because he has to make sure that tesla has money in the bank to keep on doing the things he wants to do to get to where he wants to be um because at the moment from a business perspective they are still relying an awful lot on other OEMs paying for no paying the money for co2 credits and so from a bottom line automotive profit perspective that's what they're relying on so he's got to keep he's got to keep that going and that's not to say they're not doing some really good stuff because they are they are doing some really interesting stuff especially on the um the ways of doing business which is really really fascinating um but it's 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 like a little you have to try and cut through the, the cut through the the information that's true versus the information that is 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 maybe a little um uh you know exaggerated the cyber truck i have no i'm i i look at that with a professional hat on i i cannot see how that as it was presented will end up being on the road as a mass production vehicle it's just just i can't see it well because of especially in europe oh in 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 europe unless but this is where this is where where, because at the moment we obviously have euro ncap and the safety stuff there's me trying say, to say, uh, well, let's not talk about Tesla too much, and uh, we got in straight away. <laughs> uh, I won't say too much, but I don't, don't mind saying too much. Tesla. I just, I just, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I see Tesla from a different, probably, viewpoint of what I see a lot of people seeing it, which is interesting, <laughs> at least. Take it, EB. Take it, EB. So, as you may have just heard, I've got a guest today on the podcast, and uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Because I, you know, I'm going to budge it. Um, just, just say who you are. What you can say, what you cannot say. All the secrets, all you know, non-secret stuff. Just, Absolutely uh, no, no secrets. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Chris Miller. Um, I um, currently work for Ford, Ford Motor Company. Um, that saying, I am absolutely not uh, representing Ford Motor Company. Everything on here is my, uh, my, my, very much my personal opinion. Um, and my personal thoughts, but I have been um, working in the the automotive industry for uh, 15, six, 16 years, probably now. Um, started off in uh, B car planning, so sort of Fiesta size size vehicles as an analyst, um, which was which was fascinating, um, and then um, moved into engine engineering. So I spent. Um, five years on um, uh, component engineering for uh, turbocharged engines um, and then systems engineering so the person who sort of pulls everything together all the 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 different components make sure they fit make sure they work and then um, and then you know (laughs) sign it off and, and, and launch that into the into the world um, and then I've moved into planning, and I started off in powertrain planning. But for the last five, six years, I've been really sort of trying to move, and have 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 been able to, to move my sort of career and responsibilities and what I what I want to do more towards the the electrified side of it. So I I got out of the the combustion engine engineering side and, and development, and then I've moved into um, where I am now, which is uh, commercial commercial vehicle planning and it probably comes as as no surprise that probably the majority of people who are working on on vehicles at the moment have have certainly got an eye on on ev um it's what i'm really really interested in um and so that's you know where where my interests interests lie at the moment and i you know lucky lucky enough to to work for a, a company that allows me to uh, to to sort of in, indulge some of my 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 interests and you know you sometimes have to pinch yourself and think wow actually i, I get to go to work and talk about cars all day and work with cars all day and come up with ideas for cars all day which is which is great um that's not to say there aren't on, on downsides when you're staring at a, an excel page full of numbers and financials but um uh, it's 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 still a very sort of privilege to be able to do what i do so so i'm actually say as i say the commercial vehicle forward planning so it's looking at what we'll be doing in you know anything from sort of three to sort of 10 years and, and beyond um 
which is which is which is great to be part of which is great to be part of that yeah it sounds very interesting like um most like i was just saying uh to you on the pre-show that most people seem to be getting their information from elon musk um or very unqualified and hyper excited um journalists who have absolutely no uh, engineering backgrounds and uh, seem to repeat loads of um Lots of you know very uh, sounds uh, very interestingly sounding ideas, but um, that are not subs- uh, not really I wouldn't say possible, but they um, they seem to be uh, scraping the, the 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 reality sometimes, or or just uh, you know touching it a little bit, but not really uh, being viable. <laughs> yeah, I th- it is a bit like that. Elon Musk is brilliant. He, he really he, he's absolutely fabulous at what he does. He can. He, he understand. He does understand the technical. He understands the problems, but he's also very good at the salesman pitch of it and making sure that Tesla Motor Company always has the investment available and everything it needs and excitement to push forward to that next thing. Is to push forward so he can fund his the next Gigafactory, so he can have the investment to do the engineering for his next next project. Because that's what he, he needs to keep on going, keep on going. And I think it's really interesting to see Tesla now have sort of have very much moved from a relatively niche in vol- volume wise, obviously not in in, in, in company value wise, but in, in volume wise, um, product range wise, move from a, a niche, relatively low low volume manufacturer. And now they're moving up to you know, the, the couple of hundred thousand unit manufacturing sites, which every OEM, every OEM across the world has got dozens of. And he's now coming up against the, the issues and the inertia that other OEMs have when you have to build 100,000, 200,000 vehicles to meet demand and even more. So that all that inertia that the VWs of the world have and, and everybody else is, is working against that make... OEMs and the industry as a whole potentially slow to turn around. He's he's coming up against that, um, and he's doing a really good job, I think, of of trying to push push it through. But it's it's a balance of of, of coming out on top and getting the factory built, and still being able to build vehicles that are of up to the the, the quality that your your customers and crucially your next generation of customers are going to be acceptable because you know warranty claims and everything cost a fortune and can you know wipe out the profit of a vehicle no no problem when you're at that sort of volume so i think everybody genuinely i everybody i speak to is all rooting for tesla we all you know look at what they're, they're doing and think that's brilliant we wish we could do um, you know, I wish I, I wish I was Elon Musk. It'd be brilliant to have you <laughs> complete your own freedom of own car company. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's really fascinating. But yeah, it's, it's sometimes when you're having a look at what what is real and what is 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 mark is is marketing um, is is quite fun sometimes. As I said, as I was saying before, in the battery day, their their new battery design. You know, when the headline numbers look look amazing, you know, fifty percent more, and all, all of those other things, and then when you actually look into the detail of what they're doing and how they're using their their, their jelly roll cell, and just it's almost just by doing the the calculations on the volume, it's a bigger it's a bigger cell, so it's got more power. Um, the cooling design of the tabs is great, but it it's not that suddenly oh they've they've got that fifty percent improvement in battery technology that everybody's sort of working to in incremental steps in one go they haven't but a lot of people would have walked away from that thinking wow they, they have um so it's not to say they're not making those those steps but what they're really good is at, at drumming up the brand and making it which is what they're going to need if they're going to continue on, on what they want to do yeah they, they had a massive um amount of freedom compared to you know established OEMs in terms of the inertia because like I say when they're building a couple thousand vehicles a month they can change things on the on the you know on the dime and shift things yeah. completely like change the suppliers or uh, change this type of component that type of component they don't have to do too much testing because you know 
<laughs> the risk is much yeah. uh, much smaller. And obviously, when you have just one factory or two factories, it's just super easy. Where, where you have twenty, that's a different that's a different idea. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the, it's the jump from scale. If you're making ten thousand units and you're almost like a you know, Ferrari type of of size, you are making those a lot of the time slightly more handmade. You're making them down flexible um, manufacturing processes. You're maybe not using the uh, you know the, the massive hundred million dollar stamping lines and and other stuff you'd you'd have to use. Also, all that massive massive investment um, that goes in up front. And VW talk about this a lot on how on their MQB platform they need the they, they're going for scale so that they can make all of the parts for that with these big investment heavy but once you've got the investment in there they can churn out you know parts for for very little but it's a massive upfront cost but they can only do that if they are running at capacity and it's at a high capacity so once you make that jump from you know tens of you know tens of thousands of units into that hundreds of thousands of units suddenly the suddenly the the um the business equation the balance will shift that you need to be making a lot more and suddenly you need to start spending a lot more on your investment because of the scale so it's 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 really really interesting to see how tesla are making that jump from small scale into the having the inertia and investment you know their giga you know what do they say the gigafactory is one and a half billion dollars that's a lot of money to spend and you need to sell a lot of vehicles and make a lot of money on those vehicles to do it. At least with Tesla, they're very good at making use of their, their batteries. So when they they don't just sell their batteries into vehicles, they sell them into their power walls. They sell them to governments like they did Australia. Um, but they're really, really good at making sure that they maximize their battery capacity. But I think uh, Elon Musk will be the first to tell you that the the scaling up is the most difficult bit. Is it's coming up with a coming up with a cool car is is almost the easy bit. The making it for uh, you know for not a lot of money effectively over and over again at high quality is 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 really very difficult. So so um, um, from your perspective, as somebody who's been in the you know established OEM industry for a long long time, what um, if you could describe to somebody, you know, in ten minutes or or less, what goes into actually making an 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 e uh, well, let's just let's just say EV or but any car, um, you know, how difficult is it? Why is it so complicated? It's just a car at the end of the day. Like everyone looks at the car and they're thinking, it's just a car. Why does it cost, you know, twenty, thirty, whatever uh, thousand pounds? Um, it's just a couple of things slapped together. If you if you think of it, what other consumer product, even if you know your car is, is thirty, forty thousand thousand, think of the technology that's in that. Think of the you know the battery. If you've got a you know hundred kilowatt hour battery and using Tesla's best you know hundred hundred dollars, you've got ten thousand dollars worth of battery in that vehicle and then all the power electronics and all the inverters and all the DC and all the cooling and all the um uh, the, the the modules that control everything else and then you've got the all of the coding that goes into that that is an immense amount of work and it's also something that will drive you and your family down the motorway at 70 80 miles an hour depending which country you're driving to <laughs> driving in and it has to do that safely so you can't the, the amount of work that goes into actually signing off making sure it's safe testing double testing um making sure it's reliable is just is just it's just immense and that's all of that stuff's done after i've i finished with it i'm in the upfront bit i'm in the working out the okay well what is it going to be what's the concept going to be then working with our you know the package team to work out what it's going to look like where you're going to put the major major bits in almost from, a, from my perspective from a commercial vehicle it's almost easier because you know what your customers want and your commercial vehicle customers are more knowledgeable than any any customers out there they know you know you look on look on youtube look at anywhere and you have very very knowledgeable tradesmen who are know about their vehicles they know how they use them what they wanted them to do what they're going to put in them how far they're going to drive them all of that they are 
it's, it's, it's the, the, most, the best customers to have because they're really knowledgeable and you can almost say okay well what do you want to do with it come up with a plan and work out what's the the best the best tool for them um if you're making a a a passenger car it's a little bit more potentially a little bit more emotive you can be a bit freer and you know don't have to have the complexity so that when elon musk comes out and says his his next car is absolutely amazing a lot of that feeling that that's amazing is because of the 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 hype and the marketing everything out and you just you want it like no i'd I'd love a model three but if you actually have a look at it it's it's relatively boring looking like it's a it's a decent ev and it's fast but it's like it's it it it's the hype around it which really makes it something you just want to you just just want where if you're doing commercial vehicles and this will be really interesting to see how the industry um, with the, the hgvs go you've got people with very set drive cycles very set usage patterns very set things they want to do um so you know when you see mercedes and man and all these other scania looking at what they're doing with their their big rig their big rigs and tesla with their truck it's almost easier you've got you've got a list of things they're going to do and you should design something around that but anyway that's sometimes we're going but going back to the start we we do all that and then and crucially we put together i i put together the business case because it's 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 great coming up with a you know look at this amazing concept for a vehicle um isn't it isn't it wonderful um if you can't come up with a a way of building it um engineering it and then selling it that ultimately ends up making making some making some money you then don't have the the investment back to do the next thing you want to do um and i think if you have a look at especially what vw are doing i'm just going to go with vw because they've been quite open they've quite far forward and with their id3 there's quite a lot of information on what they've been doing um out there they have what's about i think they 40 billion dollars on on they're going to spend 40 billion dollars on ev and the mqb platform in the next 10 years that money only comes because they can make money on other vehicles that that 40 billion doesn't come from nowhere so you have to generate the money in order to invest the money and that's sort of an onward cycle no one's in the automotive industry to make ridiculous amounts of money the margins are thin the the work's hard investments is high it's not people are in there because they that they they, want to do it and you know Elon Musk is in there because he wants to. Uh, he he personally has obviously made a lot of money out of it from the from the share price, but um, for g- generally it's not a high margin, a high a high margin. And as you see Tesla now and other OEMs looking at more and more and getting sort of revenue streams through other services. So Tesla will sell you. You can you know have your vehicle autopilot enabled or have whatever it is and you can go oh, i'd really like uh, this feature and they will sell it to you and they'd get revenue that way so you're sort of they've got sticky customers and they they, they start make, they make money from their customers all the way through rather than sort of the traditional route where a customer would come you know buy it up front and then you might see them for servicing yeah, yeah. but uh, so that's that's really interesting to see what tesla are doing in that in that world um but that's what any 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 your startup ev company is that's what they're looking at they're looking at okay we will do the vehicle but here all the other stuff the up the updates the you know subscriptions to the charging network and other things it's 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 all it's it's looking at that whole sort of different different model which um it's not it's not just tesla has everybody's everybody's looking at that sort of thing um which is you know makes it makes it quite interesting it's it's almost easier at the beginning when you only target you know companies like tesla only target a specific niche they they target people who are actually who will buy that vehicle even if it doesn't have plush interior and you know even if it has a squeaky uh, dashboard um that squeaks when you um when you press the accelerator as, as some of the the older Model S's and Model X's uh, did, um, but it's obviously much harder when you're um, when you're an established OEM and you know customers, especially in in case of the um, uh, utility vehicles where you've got more picky customers who actually want a tool, and if the tool um, doesn't work, they'll they just they'll the, the you know they um, 
they will buy another tool probably from a different OEM. So uh, it's obviously much, much, uh, much uh, harder uh, crowds to please um, than uh, than your yeah. your average Tesla customer. It's, 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 I think it's the only way that if you're going to get into the auto industry is the only way is to spot a niche and go for it because you, the, the investment is so high, the time frames are so long that you really have to focus on what you're what, what they what they're good at and you see that with you know Rivian who um, I think of I think he's a yeah, was it MJ? Whatever his name is, is a, is a he's really smart in the way he's he's done that with getting Amazon on board, because he's got himself there, guaranteed sales income that then he can use to fund the next next generation. But he's focusing on on that on that perspective on okay, what does Amazon want? One customer, literally just one customer, and starting from there. So you you can focus on that do that really well um, and then build from there and arrival as well the arrival which um, uh, on the on the you know, on the, we see, see on the fully charged show um, their their van which is actually their beta version of the van the alpha version of the van the beta version of the van they've moved the cab back over the over the seats which they've released recently um, and that's looking at you know they've they signed a contract with Royal Mail and U- UPS and that's okay. Well, they're, they're two very, you know, that's a very niche customers. And then when you know, when Tesla started, they started off with the, the Roadster, and they went after those niche EV customers. Um, and with the Model S, really, it was the it was it was the EV customers. It was really the only you know viable decent EV out there at the time so yeah. it, it it had anybody who wanted an ev and had the money to spend on an ev your your only option at the time was was a model s um i mean um just you know well i i, I am in the sort of category of, of geeks who like technology um you know um i'm not the sort of person who buys everything one of the reasons i started looking at an ev is because um, my diesel car at the time uh, when I moved to London, I've been doing only short journeys, and um, it, I, my my um, the engine started basically failing quite often, or all this sort of auxiliary because it was a diesel car, all this sort of auxiliary you know sensors and whatnot. Um, uh, diesel engines are seem to be very complicated for what they are. Um, they are very very complicated. I've, I, I know specifically uh, I, I know uh, quite a lot of people around here who actually ha- own Fords that are very uh, loyal to Ford as a brand but obviously this isn't you know we're not talking about Ford just about OEMs in general but um, compared to people like myself and other sort of EV enthusiasts what do you think is going to bring them apart from government obviously telling them to do it what do you think is going to uh, entice them to um, to transition into EVs before the uh, the the, the you know the phase out of ice cars um what 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 do you think you know what do you think will have to happen for that to uh, to go ahead i i i always have a hunch it'll go faster than than a lot of people predicting the the issue is is that still a an ev you can usually buy if you're going to buy a new ev it's still expensive it's still a lot. It's still a lot, a lot of money. Even like a you know a, a Model Three on on the lease is something like five hundred and fifty, six hundred pounds a month, and then you've got everything else. So it's it. There's still only a chunk of the the, the population who are going to yeah. be in that sort of position to do that. Still, I mean, and yeah. you've got you've got, you've yeah, got Zoe's the, you and know. you've got uh, MGs as well. Because I, I have to mention them because yeah. if, if I say tes- if if we say Tesla, everyone's going to be like. Mah, 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 mah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and but there are other ones coming. Like, but that's still it's still expensive for the amount of car you get. And if you're if you're used to getting, you know, and you see people still have cars to do things, to do jobs, to take people places, to carry stuff, and you know, as uh, as you know, the small Nissan EV, it doesn't carry as much necessarily. It doesn't 
go the range and range is still the number one still is you, you speak to anybody you know you speak to anybody on online and i've <laughs> i've done quite a few twitter polls twitter polls on on when do you think your your transition over to, to to ev or when would you buy your last petrol or gasoline vehicle and it's still range range is the is the is the one that comes up so it's really under and you know well what about the charging network all that well i think almost you need people need to be able to see so when you know i think voxel doing this 48 hour test drive on on, on there on the on the uh, e-corsa i think it's i think it's voxel I don't know. <laughs> but they're, they're giving them to people so they can go and say well actually oh, oh yeah i do it's easy charging it home or it's easier you know i can charge it here and I, th I think it's just getting that through that it doesn't have to be exactly like your gasoline vehicle or your yeah. diesel vehicle it's it's different yeah you charge it you charge it little and often you'll you know you top it up when you get to somewhere or you top it you top it up at home but what you're not doing is driving 400 miles going to a certain place filling up in one go and and leaving so it's it's it's, it's the it's the behavior and no one likes change no one likes to to do something that feels but i think uh well I, my wife said when we've started plugging in plugging in vehicles it was uh I, I, it feels like going to a petrol station and putting petrol into your car just feels like it should, we should be past that by now. So we shouldn't be doing that by now. We should be past it. There should, there's a better way, and it, it just feels old. And it's like once people start to think, oh, what am I doing? I'm actually going there and filling up my my vehicle with you know, 80 liters of liquid flammable liquid hydrocarbons that are bad for the environment, are bad for global warming. And once that starts to click, and the you know, charging infrastructure becomes more and more, but critically it's the choice of vehicle because at the moment for what i what i do a lot of the time in my in my vehicles i i drive everything i've driven everything from a i've had a, several rangers um tr the custom transits and um various phevs and fiestas 14 fiestas which are absolutely phenomenal cars i would always recommend to anyone that fiesta is, is just just go for it um but you, you still need them to do things and at the moment for the stuff i do in the winter that i would i may have a ranger for there is no ev that will do that job for me so i have to go and sort of pick up logs and other bits and pieces like there's not an ev that does that um so once the the bandwidth of vehicles come out and you'll see, um, and they should—they will, they will be—they will be different. So maybe more built off of dedicated platforms like Audi have done, and other, others are doing, and BW doing. That you're going, oh, okay. Well, it's not going to be what powertrain it is. It's oh, it doesn't matter because they all do what I want them to do. They all carry the stuff I want. They will all fit my family in. They'll all go as roughly as far as I want. It's just a little, you know, I have to plug this one at home and this one I have to take to petrol station. So I think once you get that breadth of 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 offering, which will be will be coming. I don't know how much you know about the uh, the European CO2 fleet regulations. Um, not much, and how the <laughs> not much. So I won't I won't I won't talk about it. There's a there's an awful lot of information if you want to get into the, the technical details on the um, EU Commission website um, and understand exactly how that, that how that works. But effectively, vehicle vehicle OEMs have a target of what their fleet CO2 needs to be, and as that. It goes lower and lower and lower and lower they need to do more and more efficient vehicles and a big chunk of that is having having evs and you you'd start off with a at the moment batteries are expensive are still exp still expensive and the total cost of ownership might be you know lower on par with a diesel if you if you take it out far enough maybe four or five years but it's not it's still that mindset of it's still a big upfront cost. It's still all of the all of these things, but once it starts to get closer and closer, and the the barriers to entry and the 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 the, the breadth of vehicles are out there, I think it'll be a fairly easy change for most people. Okay. Um, and I think the early adopters have been brilliant. There's, there are uh, 
brilliant um, uh, what was they talk cheerleaders for it and again yes yes it's, it's brilliant to do and in in many cases beta testers you know Tesla owners go sorry going back to Tesla but uh, you would love you know you'd love Tesla customers they will go out and test your new ideas for you and give you honest feedback it's oh, this is an in, incredible thing they've got going um, but so uh, it's 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 great it's great it's great it's great it's really fa- fascinating time to be part of the industry <laughs> i mean for any oems out there who are listening i'm happy to accept vehicles for beta testing just just there are not many there are not many oems startups or or otherwise who would give beta testing into the hands of customers you have to be very 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 confident your customers won't turn that around on you and uh, uh elon elon musk is is one of those people who is, is very very confident that the people who want to be beta testers and that's this comes from the software you know, he, he's looking at it from a software mindset um where you know people are happy to, to to test it out and see what it's like and they're doing their out there their um the autopilot um which is is really really interesting what they're doing and the data they're gathering yeah um, so yeah very very interesting to watch nice um yeah i i still want i still wonder what um what my just looking around on my streets because i you know i like to kind of look at the uh the sort of um not just my own point of view because i'm in my own ev bubble as you know um but uh i don't think there is anybody else on on my street and there's about 40 50 houses here uh owning an ev there's more and more evs around the area but it kind of it's i think i think we're past the um the point where it's just enthusiasts doing it i think there's more people who certainly the people who bought my uh, leaf uh have never owned an ev before and they just they just want a second car that's cheap and and you know certainly has enough mileage to do like 10 20 miles a day uh, to do a school run and and any EV that's been out for the last 10 years is probably sufficient for that but I wonder what it will take to transition people like my neighbours for instance who've got three Fords on their drive at the moment and they always buy second hand cars which goes to your uh, back to your point about affordability um, They, they what will it take for them to actually uh, get into EV because I don't think the range is a, is a problem anymore with all the offerings i think it's the the mission uh, uh, statement of or the mission that a car can fulfill uh, so given my example for instance we have a kia Niro now and um that's not the most that, that's not the best selling car from kia uh, the best selling car from kia is actually sportage which is slightly bigger than this um and i wonder why they're not putting out an ev version of it um for instance given that uh, uh you know they'll be selling loads of them far more than than e-neros uh, and obviously that goes for every oem like some people have a family with you know five kids and they want to have a car that can, can, can carry that so say why, why why wouldn't the um the sportage I, and, and it, it may come down to something as um as fundamental as sort of platform engineering is that I, I i don't know enough off the top of my head of the about the the, the kia the platform but the if it's on a different platform or an older version of the platform it may not be at the moment time in its life cycle that you you're going to scrap that you know billion dollars worth of tooling you've you've laid down for one shape of vehicle to 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 do another one yeah. so it, it may it may be just from their own internal cycle planning and their internal timings and development f- phases that actually the sort of the, the nero uh, version on the platform that's that's on came out first because that's just where it was in its life cycle and then the sport i, I, I think every you know every every oem has made it fairly clear they're going to be bringing out an ev version of, of, of whatever they do whatever they do a good driver stops near the curb and with the restart he gets away smoothly and i'll be really really surprised if for instance sportage um didn't share um a lot with the um uh, the petrol or diesel version of nero so that, that, that that's uh, that's what i mean like why not offer you know um if if changing the powertrain or the drivetrain into powertrain 
it's easy enough. Why not just design it to be uh, 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 available across the line? Or maybe maybe it's because it was designed in 2014-15 and they haven't seen uh, the uptake to, to be uh, as high as... It's- you know. It's it's not it's not necessarily easy. Depending on you know you've got you've almost got sort of three routes that people are looking at. You've got your gasoline internal combustion engine platform that has various things you need to package: the big engine at the front, big chunk of metal, and all the crash structure that goes with having a you know all of that metal in front of your driver's knees. That's a that makes a vehicle look one way. You also then need to package a, uh, a tank that, have, that can hold your hydrocarbons underneath the vehicle, and then your route, your exhaust, and all the cooling, everything else like that. You then got a uh, mixed, uh, you know, a mixed fuel, mixed power um, platform, which is what the the Nero is. It can do a lot of these other things. Like, it can do everything. It can do everything. It's got. Hybrids, non-hybrids, bevs—it's got—it's got the whole a whole whole gamut of things you can do. Yeah. But they will have in that platform because you are having to package and having to work with and cool and crash so such a wide range of because you know, a battery and electric motor is very very different to package and to cool and to all of the other things you'd need to do with it than an internal combustion engine. It's very very different. So you have a platform there, and some platforms intrinsically might be easy to do that with if it hasn't been ground up, designed to be a dual dual power platform. But that will have a certain amount of compromise to had, you know. So uh, a, a Nero won't be the best packaged EV it could possibly be because that same platform, which it shares parts with, will also have to have an uh, internal combustion engine in. Or be so a hybrid, or be a hybrid. Yeah, where you've got you've got a lot of the other you've got you've got the the, the battery and you've got the the internal combustion. You've got the whole load of stuff, um, and that's before you even start thinking about hydrogen fuel, um, which is <laughs> there's a whole whole other stuff. So you've got um, this this slightly compromised, but a great stepping stone and it's a halfway where you can got this part going back to what you're saying about what do how are you going to get customers into that. If they go into the the showroom and they go, oh, I was looking at the the, the petrol um, Nero. It's really nice. I like it. It's what well, it does. What I want it to do. And so, well, here's the electric one. And they go, oh, wait a minute, that's it's it's basically the same. So it's a it's a great way to sort of get those customers in. Um, and then on the other side, you've got the dedicated Bev platforms, the MQB, the um, the various ones that you know, Tesla have, and all all the OEMs will be, you know, developing their their own version of a dedicated um, uh, Bev platform, and that then blank sheet of paper you don't have to package um, a massive chunk of incompressible metal in front of the driver anymore you don't have to worry about where your exhaust is going to go you don't have to worry about all of these other th- all of the things that would have added cost and weight to uh, potentially a dedicated ev um, that a lot of those those uh, constraints would go away that doesn't mean that some of the dual power and dual energy platforms aren't very 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 good it depends on the situation um you know if you're in north america and you've got a pickup truck actually because of the way it's a body on frame and your rails doesn't really matter whether you put a battery there or an engine it's yeah, it's a, massive it's, it's a lot to... it's a lot you've got a lot of space you've got yes. a lot a bit more space to play with um and it's it's not as easy where if you're in a, in a b car it's, it's a bit more difficult yeah. so I think it's it's those those things and those stepping stones, and it will be gradual for some people. And I know there's a lot of you know hate hate goes against PHEVs, but people who are worried about range, and I've I've, I've got a PHEV you know on, on the driveway at the moment. People who are worried about range are worried about a lot of the things you would worry about as an EV. Those things that think, oh, I could never do that. Where am I going to charge it? What am I, how? Once you actually get one and realise, oh, I'm actually driving this for 95% of the time on electric, and it's only got a 45-mile range, you go, oh, well, well, the next one, if I've got an electric with 200-mile range, that's absolutely fine. And and it's 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 getting, taking customers on a journey, because people who, who love EVs and the enthusiasts are, you know, what, 10, 10, 5, 10, 10, 
15, 20% of the market. There's still an awful lot of people there that need to go on that journey and are very comfortable with what they've driven for their entire life. And you're suddenly saying, no, it's completely different. But it isn't actually that. They, in, their, in their head, they think it's different, but it's not actually. It's a little bit different, it's, but there's benefits to it. So it's taking people on that journey. And I, I think uh, you know, podcasts, podcasts like yours and a lot of the mainstream stuff and a lot of advocates for it are, are great at doing that. Take it easy, podcast. Everyone's invited. Why did the electric car finish the race early? Had a short circuit. Booyah! (laughs) Because at the end of the day, it's all about engineering. You know, whatever the industry is when you're creating something from scratch it's usually engineering and and the process of uh, the, the pr- and the, pr- the process of, of of going from idea to production of an ice vehicle is broadly the same as, as an electric vehicle from a pure engineering perspective okay. but with the electric vehicle you might need to think as 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 you know you're seeing with the startups is a lot more the services and other things that go in and around it which is a lot more sort of the business side of it and you've got more software involved but but fundamentally you 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 are still designing and and sending out the door a four four wheels powertrain body interior it's all the 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 same stuff and a lot of the time the the really difficult stuff to get right is what you know is is how your door closes is is your windows going up and down right is your switch gear is (laughs) you know panel gaps you i know it's like the traditional thing of but the oems that are really good at doing panel gaps they that's not by accident that's because people have spent thousands of hours working out how to do that on every single panel yeah. going through it making sure your your engineering documentation is in in, in places making sure your production processes are, are spot on to make sure your gauge r and r's everything all these core fundamental engineering disciplines that go into making any any product go into go into that so and a lot of the way, an EV and a gas, it's just, just the, what, what turns the wheels. They're yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. And I think that's what, what's, what, some of the, what it's been interesting to see some of the startups going, making that jump, making that move from one to the other and finding that that's actually quite, quite difficult. But we all, you know, we all take it for granted that, well, of course, they're going to engineer that properly. They'll do a good job of that. But without forgetting sometimes quite, you know, the amount of work and knowledge and background and skill that, that goes into actually doing it. So sort of take it for granted. It just happens. <laughs> take it EV podcast. We talk about EVs from the heart. We are the podcast about the EVs where we don't just self-charge, but we also plug in. They'll, 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 they'll get there if you if you if you look at the the, the teardown of um, even the model was it, was it the model S to the model three and how they bolt the bolt even something as simple as the the body panels together you know, they've started using the same type of fasteners rather than fifteen different types of fasteners to help to, just the, the things like that, that that are going through so I wouldn't take it for granted that suddenly you know, tests are always going to be bad bad quality even if you know, then you know a Model S isn't quite up there with a Porsche just yet. But that's not to say that they won't be. They'll, they're, they're, you know, they're shown they can learn fast and and everything. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take it. No, I don't think anyone's taking it for. No one's taking it for granted. I'm sure. CEO of uh, VW in, in North America. He was uh, always very. Whenever he's on on TV on an interview, he's always very um, complimentary of, of of Tesla um, and the other startups that are, are coming through. Um, yeah, I mean they. they they, um, you know, Tesla at least where when it comes to powertrains are way ahead of the competition, uh, and obviously all the time and effort that they put into it, um, they couldn't have spent on other things. So that's you know that's obviously understandable. People who care about uh, for these things, um, they don't care as much about the uh, the panel gaps or squeaks in the 
in the dashboard. Uh, although I have to say, between the Model S that I've driven, 90-something thousand pound uh, uh, car, that uh, when I accelerated, the, the dashboard was squeaking to the Model 3 that I drove, you know, a couple of years later. There's been a massive shift in, uh, in the quality of the interior and the fit and finish. Um, but you see how, see how fast even the Chinese OEMs are, are catching up. No, not, I think was it six or seven years ago when I think Top Gear and Clarkson went out there and almost were, were joking about the quality of the the vehicles out there. You go out there now, they are learning, people learn fast. People are, are the smart people out there looking at what they're going to catch up. So no OEM can can you know rest even you know tesla can't rest on the laws that they're going to be the, the 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 top of the ev tree and because you've got other innovative people coming in and and and, and coming up with good ideas and doing it differently and always innovating which is brilliant because it means everybody is is pushed to innovate the more ideas and and everything you've coming around coming into the, the system the more everybody's forced to do better it, it, it brings everybody up and that means we can do it faster we can get um you know you, you'll be able to get evs that have better range or will be cheaper all of the the innovation that comes with it always just gets bundled up which is which is which is great so you know i spend big chunks of my time at work doing you know, research and reading stuff on other OEMs, and I come home and do it for fun as well. So I spent <laughs> I, I spent an ordinary amount of time just reading reading stuff about different different things and teardowns and and information and press releases and and all all of that, which is yeah, it's it's quite fun. Well, friends, this is where I'm going to have to cut it. Um, the uh, the reminder of this conversation is going to be available in the next episode, which is going to come out pretty soon so just stay tuned and remember take it easy at uh, on twitter and have a look at the show notes see ya